Are you more likely to enjoy the holidays if you have time to prepare for events, shop and entertain? In this busy Bay Area, parents always need a little extra time and teachers always need a little extra money. What if there is a way to provide both this holiday season? Announcing Old Firehouse School's concierge service. We have negotiated a partnership with local service professionals for our parents and teachers. When parents purchase meal services, house cleaning, or photography from one of our vendors, a percentage of the service fees go to your child's teacher. Old Firehouse School charges nothing for administration. There are many benefits, but specifically, one, you'll gain quality time for yourself and your family. Two, your teacher receives extra money. And three, your child is more likely to keep his or her primary caregiver. Why not give a gift to yourself and your child's teacher this holiday? You can even order services as a gift for your friends, neighbours or relatives. Take a look at the service offerings on our website's concierge programme page. Hello everyone, welcome to Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, a podcast from Old Firehouse School. I'm Dorothy Stewart, and I'm here with my program director from Walnut Creek, Judy Howes, and Lafayette, Alex Dutton. You know, the holidays are just around the corner, and we know that these are special times to share with your children and family. You make memories together that really do last lifetimes. But, on the other hand, we also know that holidays can be very stressful times for everyone, especially when you have young children. But, we also know that holidays can be very stressful times for everyone, especially when you have young children. Sometimes that trip to grandma's can be challenging, and seeing a lot of new family members can be overwhelming for little ones. Today, we're going to talk about some great strategies to try to make sure everyone is ready for the holidays with your extended families. A lot of what we're going to talk about today comes from the Child Mind Institute, so check them out because they're really good resources for things like this. Judy and Alex, let's say that the holidays are coming up, you're going to Thanksgiving dinner at one of your relatives' homes, and your child doesn't know that relative very well, and you are, and, and your child is, let's say, under two. In that case, how do you prepare your child and the adults involved? This is really a case of managing expectations, I think, on the part of both the child and the adult. Right. So managing expectations of the adult, whether it's a grandparent or a great aunt or whomever, I would remind them that, you know, they're still really little and they have a hard time remembering you when we only see you a couple times a year, but they're going to get older and they will remember you next time. For the child, you could try FaceTiming the grown-up that they're going to be visiting soon or just getting out some old photos of them and talking really positively and excitedly about like, oh, we're going to go see Great Aunt Helen. And remember, she makes that really good chocolate cake and you know, talk about things that the child might be interested in. She has really good books that you like. Maybe you guys can read together so that the young child also has something to look forward to. And then you as the parent can bring some activities, whether it's books or special toys or something new even, to give to the family member they haven't seen recently to try to help them connect and play together, spend time together happily. Let's talk about practically what you've done. You're both parents of young children. What have you done in this situation to prepare for a family get-together? A lot of what I'll do with my children is 
what Judy was saying is bridging, doing that. Oh, I can't wait till Halibajine Halmony comes. Remember, she makes that really yummy soup that you love so much. Or if it's a new family member to say, like showing pictures from maybe even my husband and my wedding of like, this is who's coming to our house. Like, do you see they were here from this very special day? And just knowing that the children are going to be a little shy or you know, have a little bit of a hard time kind of giving them that space that it's okay for them to have a little bit of a hard time or try to give them something to want to talk to with that family member. So with my older child, who's a little bit more social, a lot more social, let's be honest, a lot more (laughs) social and a lot more wanting to connect with people, I will tell her, I bet she will want to look at the drawings you've been doing recently. And with my younger son, who's a little less inclined to just jump into somebody's lap and read a book, you know, I'll have to do a little bit more coaxing with him and I'm not coaxing. I'll have to do a little bit more of just helping him know who that is and helping him remember and then talking with him or talking with that adult too. Like, you know what he really likes? He really loves dinosaurs. So I bet if you read this book that I brought that has dinosaurs in it, he will want to sit with you for a little bit um, or he will want to talk with you about his favorite dinosaur. You know, sometimes the rules are very different from one household to the other. And how do you get a child ready for the fact that the behavior that's expected might be a little different in somebody else's home for a family dinner? Well, that would be something to talk about. (laughs) Whether it's, you know, we take our shoes off at this house or we use our really best manners, whatever the case may be, just so the child knows what to expect and then things will go smoother for everybody. And children understand that there's a difference with how they're going to behave in different places. They know that behaving at school is different than at home. Behaving at even church or the synagogue is different than how they're going to be at a park. So they can understand these nuances and how they're supposed to behave. At my home, when we have a big family dinner and have preschool children or young children there, I really have one main rule, and I'm, and it comes from the preschool setting, and that is that when children eat, they need to sit down. So that's my rule. So that's kind of a rule children have to know when they come in the door, or else we're constantly mopping up, cleaning up after them. So that makes the dinner go more smoothly. So that's my rule. So do you have any family members that haven't followed that rule? And has that ever gone over not well? Or most people are just like, oh, this is just what we know coming to. I think the children have always followed the rules, but not the adults. (laughs) (laughs) Are there other ways you can plan ahead to make the meal go more smoothly or the event go more smoothly for your child? I have a good friend who has always hosted a party at her house and she doesn't have children. And when my kids were very, very young, I would always make sure to pack a backpack full of toys that were easy to clean up. They weren't going to be like 30,000 Legos all over her floor, but toys that I knew the children would like and that would keep them busy so that I could have fun with my friends and my children could be entertained. And sometimes it was just bringing along 10 train tracks and five trains or something, something that would keep them a little bit busier, as well as books and drawing materials, because I could never assume that she would have these at her house Uh, versus, you know, obviously when you're visiting relatives that maybe do have young children, but sometimes you're visiting relatives that are older, maybe their children have moved out of the house already. So you can't always assume there's going to be something that your children will want to do. And what children will often want to do is explore a house that has new things in it. And maybe that house has a lot of breakable things, or maybe there's just not a a lot of things that are kid friendly in that home. You just have to prepare that you have things and you can help your children understand, oh, you can play with these things out of your backpack. Please don't touch great aunt Helen's china cabinet. (laughs) 
But I think that's true for the host also. If you're hosting a dinner, it's good to think about the ages of the children and make sure that you do. Have, like, I always have things at the children's table that they only right. play My with family after does they finish eating. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, so I think it's, it's nice if a host thinks about that mm-hmm. also. I have a best friend who has bought tents and balls and some markers because well, she just like me before I yeah. had kids I had nieces and nephews so right. I bought a handful of things like books or things from Costco or whatever <laughs> just, just to, to have when they came over there was something for them to do well here's another big boogaboo often when children come to my house for dinner they decide they don't like whatever I have made for them I don't take this as a reflection of my cooking <laughs> <laughs> however it's true children have favorites they have things they want to eat how do you deal with that when it happens or how do you recover from it after it um ahead of time I mean like Thanksgiving or Christmas or holiday meals often are things that the kids aren't eating usually typically in normal <laughs> dinners so I always bring something at least a protein that I know my kids will eat especially my family's vegetarian my other families and my family are not so I tell my kids you know it's great if you want to try something you know I'll put other things on their plate but at least I know they're going to eat the protein that I've brought and then a whole lot of grandma's rolls <laughs> sometimes it would also be okay to say you know I'm sorry my kid's such a picky eater right now I'm just going to bring extra food for him just so we don't have to worry about what he'll eat I'm excited to have your meal though And then depending on the age of the child, you can talk with them about trying new things or taking an adventure bite. That's one way we try to talk about taking adventures with food, trying something new. And with um, really young ones, you're going to know that they're just going to probably say yaki or something. And and just you'll have to take that. I um, I don't think most adults, I hope most adults don't take offense to what a two-year-old decides they like or don't like. But I think if a child is three or older, you can say to them, please try it. If you don't want to try it, you can say, no, thank you. I think that one thing we're after is a judgment-free, stress-free holiday. So it will help if you have an adult, a parent or a grandparent rather, that thinks that a child should eat whatever's on their plate. They shouldn't, that, that's, that's just what they think. Have a conversation with them ahead of time and say, my child isn't going to do that. We want to come, we want to have a good time. Can we just have a judgment-free meal? They're going to eat what they're going to eat, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, that sounds good. Does that sound okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. So as long as we're on the topic of judgment-free, wonderful, stress-free holidays, what are some other issues that we want to be careful about so that we do have that wonderful, stress-free dinner together? You want to set your children up to succeed. And sometimes that means being upfront with the host of wherever you're going about the different challenges that your child might be facing, whether your child is an extremely sensitive child or your child is an extremely active child. And just letting them know, we're going to probably need to take a few breaks. I hope that's okay with you. Or if you have really little ones saying, you know what? My, my daughter's going to need a nap around this time. Is there a room that I'm, I can use to put her down? I hope that's okay. And just letting everybody know up front so they know what's happening. Yeah. And if your kids get overstimulated by too many people or just they're really active and need to let out some of their <laughs> physical activities, you can take a walk to a park if there's a park near where you are or just take a walk. I'm lucky that both my mom and my brother have a park near where they live so we can go for a walk to a park and that can also be a good time for a grandparent and a grandchild to connect or the cousins to connect and play together at the park or just taking a walk and talking bouncing the basketball around 
um, another way to let them connect away from the whole group where they might not be so overstimulated. So it's important to remember that although sitting down for a long two-hour dinner and conversation with your family seems so fun to you, that's not fun for your children. Children often miss the structure of their school days when they're out of school for long periods of time. Fortunately, the holidays lend themselves to art projects and family-friendly movies that kids enjoy. You can do things like making cookies, plan for some sort of baking activity. You can bring out easy games to play that involve others. Something like go fish or a matching game or bingo. My daughter loved to, when she goes old enough, around four, I would give her a job. And in my house for Thanksgiving, when we host, we ask everyone to fill out a little, I'm grateful for like ornaments. And then we hang them up and then we hang them up until the new year. So I would get when my daughter was four and she would just need something to do. I made that her job. Your job is to make sure everybody fills out and I'm grateful for ornament. And of course, the year that she finally took that over is the first year that I got everybody to do it instead of the five or six relatives I was able to remind. So if you can give children a job, give them something easy, something simple. In this particular way, it was a way for her to connect with all of the relatives. The holidays are also a really great time to practice manners with your children. Manners are a very good script for kids. They actually give children an understanding of knowing what to say, that they should say please and thank you and hello and goodbye. I always make sure that my children know to say goodbye when people are leaving as long as they haven't already fallen asleep at the end of the evening. Well, to end this broadcast, I just want to put out there that there are a lot of people around us that dread holidays because they found them to be a time that things don't go smoothly. So I think there are two pieces of advice we can get from this article from the Child Mind Institute. And one piece of advice is that let's have a moratorium on any kind of criticism during family holiday time together. That's a rule that you could put into place, perhaps. The other thing is to know that in truth, there is no perfect holiday. Things are going to happen. So it's a matter of recovering from them. And it's a matter of having your children understand that these people that they're with are their family. And sometimes there's ups and sometimes they're down. But there's love there. And we're going to stay connected even if we do have minor differences. If you want to read a little bit more about what to do with families during the holidays, you should look at the Child Mind Institute article called The Family Gathering, A Survival Guide. It's written by Rachel Emke and it has a lot of the ideas that we shared and a little bit more. Take a look. And thank you for listening to Old Firehouse School's Fireside Chats on the Young Mind. <laughs>